Turn my mind. Still not on? Well, I want to thank uh, whoever's going to turn that microphone down. <laughs> I don't know what this is about. That wooden one, you didn't have to had more room to spread things out on it. Thought I might complain a little while I was here. <laughs> this verse in Matthew chapter 11 is one that I've uh, quoted many times in passing through sermons. Come to me, all you are weary and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn of me, for I am meek and lowly in heart, and you will find rest unto your soul. For my yoke is easy and my burden is light. I have to uh, be honest with you. Uh, when I was growing up in the church of Christ, I never felt like that God's yoke was easy and his burden was light. There was always, you know, there were sins of commission and omission. And in my mind, it was just two more reasons why I was going to hell. Things that I knew to do and didn't do and things that I didn't know and didn't do, it's like I was covered on all sides. And I'm not trying to say this is what all churches were like or your church was like, and I hope it wasn't. But I didn't grow up in a church where I felt confident in my salvation. I didn't feel assured that if Jesus came back that I would go to heaven. And I have sat with enough folks on their deathbed over the years, and often what they say is, I hope I've done enough. And I don't know if that's common for anybody but me and the four or five people that I've heard say that, but Jesus walks into a world and he promises us in Matthew chapter 11, verse 28, 29, he promises disciples that he will give us rest. And it's not just overnight rest, but he says it's rest for the soul. And so Jesus' intent was to come here and provide us with consolation, with being able to rest in the fact that we belong to him. It goes all the way back to Exodus where, or, and, and Genesis, where in the seventh day God, and, and yeah, I'm, I know he wasn't tired, I mean, how much energy does it take for him to say, let there be light? So it wasn't if, as if God had worn himself out in the creation process and needed a rest. 
The idea is that it was the, it was the end of his purpose. It was, he had completed his task. His divine work had finished. And so he no longer created. That same idea is brought forth in Hebrews chapter 4, where he talks about the Sabbath rest, like when Israel had made their journey and they were about to cross over Jordan's waters, they were entering the rest. Now, if you know the story of the Old Testament, there was nothing restful about crossing the Jordan River because they had to conquer everybody that was on the other side of the Jordan River. The first was Jericho. But the rest was the completion of the journey, the arrival at the promised land. And that part of the journey, they, they had entered to the area where God was going to care for them. And so this whole idea of rest is not about a good night's sleep. It is about the end of, and these are Max Licato's words, these next few. It's, the, it's rest from the riddle of the grave. It's rest from the burden of mistakes. It's rest from the anxiety of demands. God has walked into our world in Jesus and said, if you will come to me, I will give you rest. Now, in this same text, if you read the whole chapter, there is tension between the rest that Jesus gives and the people to whom he offered it. John the Baptist came, the messenger that God sent to prepare the way for Jesus, and they rejected him. He says in verse 16, they are like children sitting in the marketplaces and calling out to others, we played this flute for you and you did not dance, we sang a dirge and you did not mourn. In other words, we want, they wanted God to do what they wanted God to do. And if God, if they, God wasn't matching their expectations. Then later, of course, he talks to the city of Capernaum and says, it's going to be worse for you than for Sodom because I came to you and you didn't repent. So there's this tension in the chapter where on the one hand, God is giving rest, and on the other hand, it is the human tendency to fight what it is that God requires of us, which is no more than faith. The faith, and how much faith do we have to have? Hallelujah. Almost 20 years, and finally someone spoke back, and God forbid it was a woman. But if I was going to pick a woman that I thought would do that, I'd have picked you. <laughs> I forgot what I was talking about. <laughs> so we have faith. We, God doesn't come into our world and say, I'm going to stack you up about 6,000 commands and I want you to do them all perfectly. And if you do them all perfectly, in just the right way, hopefully at the end, you might have a little bit of peace, and maybe, maybe, just maybe, I'll let you into the rest. Jesus says, if you come to me, 
I will give you rest. And it is our rest is completion in Christ. Our confidence in Christ, our assurance in Christ. It's that unexplainable reality, the quieting of the human struggle. Because all of us know that we're not perfect. All of our, all wives know they didn't marry perfect men. And men all know that we have to live up to whoever's standards we married. Amen. Throwing that, and yeah, the women are getting on a roll now, aren't they? <laughs> and, and you see it in the way Jesus dealt with the people, and especially with the twelve. He was going to turn leadership over to the twelve after his resurrection, and that all happens, as you know, in Acts 1 and 2. And he was training them. That's a sub-story in the Gospels, the training of the twelve. And they were always arguing about who was going to be the greatest. Because they had it in their mind, a kingdom like the Jewish kingdom, where there would be a king and there would be people under him that had his ear, that that shared his power, and they wanted to be part of that. And so he always was catching them, arguing about the greatest. And toward the end of his ministry, in John chapter 13, they're sitting around at the Last Supper, and Jesus, it's an, it's an amazing story. And um, Jesus takes off the towel when the supper is about through, and he, he takes off his garment, his outer garment, and he takes a towel, and he goes around and he washes their feet. And he, what would, you see, he gave them rest. He washed their feet. He gave them rest. I mean, what would you think if someone that you've respected more than anybody in the world came and washed your feet and they were giving you honor and they were giving, it would, wouldn't, it re, wouldn't it reassure you? Somebody shake your head like they're saying. Jesus gives them rest. He tells them in John 16, and he's just about to let them go to do their new ministry in his place. And he says, I want to tell you that in the world you will have trouble. But I have overcome the world. And they rested. John 15, 15. I no longer call you my servants, but my friends. And they rested. And in the, in the rest of the New Testament, you have the, the epistles. Paul writes to the church at Rome. He writes to the church at Corinth, he writes to the church at Colossae, and Galatia, and Thessalonica, and to Timothy, and to Titus, and Jesus, through John, reveals the book of Revelation, and the whole, the whole rest of the Bible is trouble, difficulty, churches that are in turmoil and trial. And the epistles are written, and Paul reminds every one of those churches, if you read the, if you read the books carefully, and he reminds them not to miss Jesus. He reminds them about their Savior. Often it's in the very first chapter of the book. In the book of Ephesians, he writes to them, and they were in trouble, as were the other churches, and he tells them they were forgiven, they were sanctified, grace was lavished on them, they were united in Christ, they were marked by the Holy Spirit of promise, and he gave them rest. 
if we, if those of us in churches, you know, there's this, I wish that those of us in churches could just relax in who we are. I mean, you know, it's like that at home most of the time. Like at Christmas time, we all went to the cabin and it was snowing outside. We had about 10 inches on the ground and it snowed all Christmas day. We were in the cabin with the fireplace on and it, the kids and the grandkids and it was Christmas tree and you were looking at the, for the presents and shaking and eating pie and turkey if you really know how to do Christmas. And it was just like, restful and I wish we could be that way in church sometimes problems come up differences of interpretation of scripture differences of opinions should we do something this way should we do something that way and of course I have my own opinions which I've shared with you openly over the years and I'm mostly right <laughs> I'm all okay I'm always right but if we could just rest in what Jesus has done for us, regardless of what's going on, wouldn't that be the greatest blessing God could ever give us? So what if we disagree on something? So what if we see a passage differently? So what if there, we have a different practice that we want to see happen? So what if everything doesn't go our way? Well, one thing has, and his name is Jesus. If we could just rest in that. Dana's not going to divorce me. I've tried. I've given her almost every reason. Almost every reason. <laughs> She's there. She gives me rest. I don't have to worry about that. And that's what Jesus has done for us. Come unto me, all ye that labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn of me. For I am meek and lowly in heart, and you shall find rest to your souls. I'll be with you always, even unto the end of the age. Trust God, trust also in me. In my Father's house are many mansions. If it were not so, I would have told you. I go there to prepare a place for you, that where I am, there you may be also, Bob. Those are Jesus' promises. That's our rest. We're never going to be perfect. We're never going to do everything right. But Jesus is our rest. The last conversation I had with Todd Minkler was at the cancer center. He was going out and I was coming in. It was not long after I'd been diagnosed. And we stood there in the hall for just a minute. It was my, like I said, my last one-on-one -on -one conversation with him. And we were talking about how, what it's like for a doctor to look at you and say, you have cancer. One of my sisters in Christ, Dr. Linda Mead, was the revelator to that for me. I sat in her office and she said, it's cancer. She said, do you need a minute? And you know, before that, I thought I would. I thought I would need like, a month. Todd and I talked about that. How God walked into our lives and did his work. Uh, we had our days. 
Dan and I were in Payson with Paul and Cindy Atkinson playing golf one time, and I got home that night, and I guess it's because we were away from here, and it was early on in the process, and I was relaxed, and I laid down in bed, and it hit me like a ton of bricks. I'm going to die. I'm going to say goodbye to this fox. That's my wife. I'm not going to see Kenley and Lincoln get married or any of the other grandsons. And I cried like a baby. Loud cries and tears. Paul and Cindy, I don't know if they knew that that was my moment. And there have been many moments like that. It wasn't as if you walk into something like that saying, oh boy, I get to die and leave my children. Hard times. God walks in and gives you rest. Mert's okay, Bob. I watched Joanne Walker contract a horrible disease, kept it quiet, walked into eternity as confident as, in, I've, as anybody I've ever seen because Jesus had given her rest. And how many stories like that can we tell? How many names can we name of moments in life when we think we've gone about as far as we can go and God walks in and just gives us rest? Isn't that right? He just gets you through it. People walk up and say, boy, oh, by the way, there's two things people say to me now. Number one, they say, well, you look good. Nobody had ever said that to me before, so <laughs> I know what you really mean. I, in, 40, in 69 years, I never had anybody walk up and say, well, you look good. Get sick, guess what? You look good. So my response is, well, this is the way I look. I'm glad you think it's good. Now, I forgot what I was going to say that was really important. We just have to rest in the fact that God has our back. And no matter what happens, we have Jesus. And he is our rest. Rest isn't something we aim for or, or try to earn, but rest is something God gives us. Now, I'm going to need some help. Stephen and uh, some of you guys, uh, Leftwich, Josh, come up here, boys. Help me unravel this thing. You know, the church is an extension, as we were talking about this morning, in ministry of the arms, and the, some of you that know we need help, that are just sitting there, could come up, and this is going to be a project. We're going to unwind this rope. We need to find the end of it. Here, come bring this under. You see how difficult it is to unstring life? <laughs> you could hold, stand there and hold it. So we drive into our driveway one day, and when all of this began to happen into my life, and Dana's life, and the kid's life, and there's a big rope hanging on the fence with... I think, and uh, it was from you guys. 
And there's a big sign that said, we love you with the love of the Lord. It gave me rest. I've been saving it for such a time as this. I still have the sign in my garage. Even though you have a lead minister now. <laughs> you know, I didn't ever get a good title like that. I was just forey. You see, <laughs> well, did I say something wrong? Was that wrong? <laughs> you see why they're glad I'm not here anymore? They just don't ever know. I just, I have this, uh, I have this desire for myself and for you to be at ease in our relationship with Jesus and with each other. Because that's all that's going to get us through this, folks. Whether it's a church problem or a church disagreement or church misunderstanding or a church's misinterpretation or an individual's activities or some physical ailment, the death of a loved one, tragic accident, horrible mistakes, terrible mistakes that people make. There's only one thing going to get us through it, and his name is Jesus. And he has given us rest. We're going to be okay. So behind it all, we have that. And that's enough. And so Jesus says very simply, y'all can go sit down there. Thanks for you. Come unto me, all ye that labor and are heavy laden, and I wish I had the words to say it properly or impactfully. Jesus says, 